Friday night on Sports Open Line. Chris Raji, Kevin Wheeler with you here on KMOX. We've been talking a lot the last couple of days uh, about really, I mean, one of, what could be one of the bigger stories in recent NFL history, depending on how much can be backed up with evidence here. But we've been talking about the Brian Flores lawsuit earlier tonight. We talked about Hugh Jackson jumping in and some of the things that they've tossed in there. And in the, as soon as this story came out, I reached out to my good friend Jim Acho, uh, who is an attorney that works a lot in the world of football. He represents a lot of retired players in some of their claims against the league when it comes to health care. Some of it was for benefits that had, had really had never been um, well, never been offered before, but Jim's done a lot of good fighting there. He's been involved with active players for a long time. And I figured since Och knows the law and he knows football and he's been around the league for 20, 25 years, I figured this would be a good time to catch up on the air. Och, how you doing, buddy? Good, brother. How are you? You know what? Pretty fantastic. I'm not going to lie, man. We were, in fact, uh, my, my partner, Chris Ronji, you don't know Chris. Chris, this is Jim. Jim, this is Chris. Hi, Jim. Hi, uh, <laughs> Hey, Chris. We we just spent the last five minutes before our last break talking about uh, the, the Little Debbie ice cream. Oh, so Little Debbie ice we're cream. All, we're both yeah. a little hungry right now. I didn't need for that to happen at all. I'm already <laughs> looking like Tom DeLuise Jr. I didn't need that to happen. But uh, it's definitely a pleasure to be on with you guys. Wheels, you know, I've been on shows across the country the last 20 years. I've listened to guys across the country and you know, I'm biased maybe, but I don't think I'm being effusive when I say I really think you're the best in the business. Ooh. The combination of, of of knowledge, delivery, the voice, the ability to listen to people's differing opinions and rebut them without being obnoxious or insulting. I think that's a lost art in your business. And, you know, there's a reason why guys like John Hamm and John Goodman and Randy and Jason Sklar and these St. Louis area celebrities that are in LA listen to you religiously. I, I really think you're the best in the business. So that is my uh, fanny kissing quota for the evening. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that, uh, it, and for those that don't know, Ach and I go back to high school. We both went to uh, Detroit Catholic Central High School. Jimmy's, Jimmy, you're like a year older than me, I think, right? Graduated a year yeah. ahead of me, something like that. So we go right. back a ways. Now, I, I, when this when this Flores lawsuit came out, and by the way, thank you much. You're You're very kind, and I think far too kind, but I appreciate it. Um, when, when the Flores lawsuit came out, I mean, you were one of the first people I reached out to, and I know we did this in our group email and we talk about things. You've had some time now to look over it. Anything stand out to you, uh, either on the good or the bad side of this, just having looked at it? Yeah, both. Um, and honestly, in fairness to you guys and me and really the subject matter, it's hard to unpack all this in one short segment. This, this topic at large deserves Hours And it would really, to do it justice, it would take that time, but we don't have that. So I have read the lawsuit several times. I've digested it. There are aspects of it I like and I think have merit. There are aspects I think are lacking in merit and uh, simply put in there to be inflammatory. So let me start out by saying this, and I'll try to address it in sort of a rapid fire or bullet sure. point uh, way, unless you want to throw questions at me. But I know we don't have a ton of time. So let me start out by saying this. It's a damn shame that in 2022 we're having this conversation. Um, it, it shouldn't be, but that's life. This week, two black general managers were hired. Uh, Kwesi Adolfo, former basketball player at Princeton, is replacing Rick Spielman in Minnesota. So we now have seven black general managers in the NFL. That is tremendous progress, no matter how you slice it. And for people to say otherwise is 
either being disingenuous or naive. And, and the lawsuit ignores that. So there have been strides uh, made. So I think we need to stop with the inflammatory uh, narrative thrown out there. And it's in this lawsuit as well that the NFL is this plantation where the rich white man sits up in the box and watches the black athlete perform for his entertainment. That, that's insulting to everybody. This is not 1970. This isn't Kurt Flood, and everybody in St. Louis is well familiar with Kurt Flood and what he did. That's not what we're dealing with. What this boils down to is sham interviews, and I think that's, that's the main issue that we need to focus on, and I think that's what Flores is really upset at, and I don't blame him. And I think the lawsuit has merit when it comes to this. I think it's time to, to dismantle or do away with the Rooney Rule. The Rooney Rule is 20 years old. For people that don't know what that is, Dan Rooney, who's now deceased, the former owner of the Steelers, uh, very noble uh, guy, wanted to increase diversity in the NFL. They hired Mike Tomlin. Um, and in order to do that, teams have to interview a minority candidate before hiring anybody. All it has really served to do is allow teams to engage in window dressing and, frankly, it's humiliating and insulting to black candidates. Do I think Brian Flores is telling the truth when he says John Elway showed up to their interview an hour late, hungover, wearing sweats, and disheveled? Yes, I do. <laughs> Brian Flores has, he has no reason to make that up, and it is such a specific allegation. Yeah. I, you know, if I was a juror, absolutely I would believe him. It's insulting. You would hope that, that the, uh, the best candidate is going to get hired in 2022. Unfortunately, today we only have one black head coach. That is a travesty in a league that is made up of 70% black athletes. You have to have equal representation. In, in previous years, there have been as many as five black head coaches, and, and you can live with that. You can't live with one. What, what I think is skewed is this notion that black coaches – are not given an adequate window of opportunity once they have a job. And keep in mind, Brian Flores was the head coach for three years. It's not like he wasn't hired. He was terminated. Do, do any of us think Brian Flores should have been terminated? No, absolutely not. He did a remarkable job uh, with less than stellar talent. And I think Stephen Ross is a terrible owner. And I, I again believe Brian Flores when he says Ross offered him incentives to tank i'd love to come on at a different time and talk about tanking <laughs> yeah. and all the implications uh because there's a ton of implications involved with that um if the first rule of tank club you don't talk about tank club <laughs> fans want teams to tank they want teams to get the top draft pick and it's it, i absolutely think owners buy into that but you can't it flies in the face of what sports are about you can't it it, it damages the underpinnings of the sport it damages gamblers and let's face it guys the nfl is pushed by gambling and oh, fantasy yeah. sports yeah, i mean it runs on it so yep. getting back to uh the sham interview and i and I, I represented a black coach for many years um that i saw this happen to firsthand he doesn't want to be named at this time he's not joining the class action um and, and that's fine, but you, you're, you can't legislate 
people to do the right thing. A court cannot order a team to hire a black coach. So ultimately, what is this lawsuit about? I think, really, Flores wanted to fire a shot across the bow. He wanted to create a sonic boom to draw attention to this issue, and I think this does that, and I applaud him for that, frankly. So in a court, I, I don't know if there's any other way to do it. Yeah, and, and Jim, and, and like you said, in a court of law, the, I don't know what this lawsuit ultimately will do there, if anything. I'm wondering if, and you mentioned the Rooney Rule, which was a response to, I think, the threat of lawsuits back yes. after Tony Dungy and Dennis Green were fired years ago. And and Correct. that's and that's what the intent was for that. It served its purpose there, but it doesn't really have any teeth. So, I guess well, what what do you think the consequence or the maybe consequence isn't the word, but what what are the ramifications by this even being brought about, even if it doesn't actually win in court? Okay, so a couple things. First of all, you absolutely know your history because twenty years ago, almost to the to the week. The late Johnny Cochran, whom everybody knows as OJ's lawyer, uh, had put together a class action on behalf of black coaches 20 years ago that was never filed after the Rooney Rule uh, was put into effect. So, so you are correct about that. In terms of potential ramifications, first of all, I don't think this is going to stay in court. Every NFL contract, head coach contract, Teams have their own specific language in there. However, there's also uniform language that the NFL insists upon. In that is an agreement to arbitrate. I'm almost positive Brian Flores' contract with the Dolphins has an arbitration clause in there. So this is going to go to arbitration. This is not going to stay in court. You have to file an EEOC complaint. That's the Equal Employment Opportunity Commission. Before filing a Title VII lawsuit, they didn't do that. Apparently, the court is going to allow them to do that. The EEOC could hand down very heavy and substantial fines if they determine that teams were conducting sham interviews. And, and again, I, I go back to Denver. They knew they were going to hire Vic Fangio. They only brought Flores in. They made this man get on a plane. It's humiliating. He gets on a plane, shows up. They show up, uh, you know, like uh, – the, the big Lebowski uh, is Kevin. Uh, <laughs> I sent the picture said, of the dude you know, in the limo when they when they right, told the like always story. Dude, <laughs> hey, what's up, man? You here for your interview? You know, what, what, how insulting to this man! Nice, nice marmot. They yeah. only did it to comply with a rule. You know, just like filling a quota. Oh, we can check off the box. We interviewed the black guy. Now he can leave, and we can hire Vic Fangio, the guy we really want. If the EEOC, in fact, their investigation determines that that's what happened, they can levy some substantial fines. The arbitrator could also award money damages. There are black coaches. Carol Austin was on Lloyd Carr's staff, ended up being the D.C. here in Detroit, D.C. in Seattle, well-respected guy, subjected to multiple sham interviews. He never got his shot. A guy like that, I think, is entitled to money damages. I hope he joins the class action. Hugh Jackson, I don't know. Um, he seems like a, a guy that just doesn't want to accept responsibility for being a bad coach, frankly. But I think there are black coaches who never got an opportunity and were subjected to these sham interviews for purposes of being a box that was checked off. Yeah. I think they're entitled to damages, and frankly, I hope they get it. Yeah, that's the thing. We, I, I think there's going to be – 
somehow out of this, whether it's through public pressure, through the arbitration process that you described, there will be some some type of quote unquote punishment that comes out of all of this. Although I, I will say we we probably should talk again down the road, Jimmy, about uh, the tanking thing because you know Hugh Absolutely. Brown and his, Hugh, Hugh Jackson and his people say they've got paperwork that documents it. Obviously, Flores has made the claim about the Dolphins' offer, and that's a different argument. That's a completely different setup. I mean, that's uh, we all know that teams accept when they're going to be bad and maybe even plan to be bad, but that's a different thing than paying coaches to lose games, which is more like throwing games than it is actually tanking. But that's a whole different thing that we'll have Absolutely. to have you back on down the road, man. Yeah, no, and I'd like to because you're dealing with – you're peeling away layers of an onion there, and you're talking about, again, the integrity of the game, affecting gamblers, affecting season ticket holders, yep. uh, affecting livelihoods. Of, of um, the players uh, and the coaches. Absolutely. One of the other, and one of the other areas where, and I don't know if we're running over, but when we talk about the window of opportunity um, for black coaches, you know, we had a guy here, Jim Caldwell, took yep. the Lions to the playoffs twice in four years, had a bad year, he was out, um, and it's happened to other black coaches like Flores. But there have been a lot of white coaches terminated after a year, and that's, that's pretty much ignored. Um, and I'm not talking about interims, and I'm not talking about guys who take over midway. I'm talking about guys hired on a three- or four-year deal, fired after their first year. I'm talking about Jim Tom Sula in uh, San Francisco, the predecessor to Shanahan. Talking about Jim Elmora in Seattle after one year. Pete Carroll in New York after a year. Hell, I remember 40-plus years ago, in between Monty Clark and Bill Walsh <laughs> in San Francisco, Phil McCauley was brought in on a three-year deal, and they fired him. I think he went 8-8. Eight and eight. They had O.J. that year, and they got rid of him. So um, it, it goes on with white coaches, too. Let's, let's be clear about that. But um, this lawsuit is really about the indignity and the humiliation of being brought in and interviewed just for the purpose of checking off a box when they have no intention of hiring you. And it's really demoralizing to a man who works, um, you know, and I hearken back to Terrell Austin, but there's a lot of other guys out there um, that I could name that this has been going on to for 30, 40 years. Yeah. Um, I mean, you know, Night Train Lane left the business altogether. Um, he and Emlyn Tunnell were the first black assistant coaches in the 60s, M. Tunnell with the Giants. They were never able to progress. Um, Tunnell, by all accounts, should have been a head coach in the 1970s. Tons of guys that, that were bypassed. They've made a lot of progress, um, but we still have a ways to go. And in Major League Baseball, there's another second. Yeah. They're even worse. <laughs> yeah, oh, yeah we definitely got a lot to get into there. Buddy, you're the best, man. Thanks for staying in here and uh... – Hanging out with us. I know it's a little later out on the East Coast. Well, not the East Coast, but the Eastern time zone. Uh, but take care of yourself, and we'll definitely – I'm sure we'll be uh, chatting via text and email tomorrow. But in the meantime, buddy, be good. Hey, you guys as well. Pleasure to be on. Little Debbie, here I come. Yes, let's go. <laughs> Oatmeal cream First pie. Of all, all right, start there. Signing off. Which one is, which one is the go-to, Och? Is uh, it the... You know what? It's between the Swiss rolls and uh, the strawberry shortcake. All right. All right. No, I, I wouldn't – I wouldn't kick Star Crunch out of there. <laughs> hey, hey, Lisa, Lisa didn't pick that stupid Nutty Bar. No, that's the one. Yeah. No. Nutty Bar is the one. Ach, well, yeah. when, when we hey, get listen, together they're next, all, uh, they're all good. When we get together next, the uh, the little Debbie's pint of ice cream is on me.
Beautiful. <laughs> See you, buddy. <laughs> All right, boys. Stay healthy. Bye-bye. You got it. That's my guy, Jim Macho. Jim, of course, uh, uh, he's he's uh, he's been, uh, as he mentioned, he's represented a lot of guys that are former NFL players. He's done it with baseball, too. Uh, a lot of it has been kind of in the lawsuits against the league seek, seeking medical benefits, right? That's basically what it is. And, boy, you should hear some of the stories, Ron, that he can tell me about guys that – keep getting rejected over and over sure. and over by the NFL. The race norming stuff is, you know, he's been, he's been involved in some of those issues. And um, it was 2015 that he ran against Demora Smith uh, did lose out, but um, he, he was, he ran against him because player current players at the time basically said, dude, we need, we need somebody to challenge D Smith so that he understands he's got to be better. And it was really a pretty cool uh, at the time is a pretty cool story. I wish he would have gotten it. Cause yeah. And, and I do agree that the Rooney rule probably needs to go because yes. it's not working, yep. but needs to be replaced it, by something. It needs to be replaced with something. But what is that realistic option? No idea that forces these interviews to not be sham interviews and for teams to truly consider minority coaches. Yeah. Which, you know, bringing a guy in because you got to fill a quota, that is no. not a real consideration. How do you make them really, truly consider a guy who should be qualified and is qualified but isn't getting the look? Yeah, I don't know how you do it, but I know this. We always are told sports are result-oriented business, and they're not, not getting always. the result, so we need to finally have some, yep. some repercussions. Otherwise, never going to get problems. Problems never going to get fixed.